0: Hello and welcome to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Nicola and we're just two friends from different continents who connected online and as kindred spirits, even though we agree to disagree on some topics. Join us for no-holds-barred conversations as we demonstrate that you don't have to agree on everything but can still be friends. Hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Nicola and I'm here with Angel. Hello. So we thought we would start this week by talking about the last episode and not the topic but how we enjoy doing these podcasts because it's very much an opportunity for us to think out loud and sometimes we talk about topics that don't necessarily have fixed opinions on but we go with the flow and we see where things take us and we kind of bat off each other and see what I see what angel says and sometimes that sparks an idea for me and vice versa and there's something quite freeing about doing this because there's very much a culture these days of You've got to agree with everybody. And the premise of Conversations Across the Pond was about having conversations and not having to agree with each other, maybe agreeing to disagree or just taking on board somebody else's viewpoint. And, yeah, last week we talked about all sorts of stuff. It was about climate change. We got on to aliens and it was just really interesting to have that forum. Um, And yeah, I think that's why I love these conversations so much because that's kind of how we work.
1: I didn't know though, we were just saying before we started recording, I didn't, like, I've heard you say it before and I've heard other people say it before, how talking something out, like out loud with somebody helps you Realize, and I've heard people say it about writing too, how they didn't know that they were thinking, you know, whatever about a topic until they said it out loud to somebody or they wrote it. And then last week when we were recording that podcast, there were a couple of times that we were talking about something and I said something and then I kind of stopped and I was like, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I felt that way. I didn't know. I thought that until yes. I just said that. And so I had like, I've, I've listened to the podcast again, once or twice since then. And it's like, It's just so interesting because those, so as we kind of talk and bat an idea back and forth, it's some part of my brain keeps kind of chewing on that even after we're done. Yeah. And I think it's like you just said, like it's, it's, it becomes something that I take on board and whether I agree a hundred percent or 50% or, you know, somewhere in between it's, it's almost like it's, um, Some part of it is being integrated with my belief system, with my thoughts, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, it's still, it's, it's something that I've taken on. And so it becomes part of what I'm like chewing on and other things that I learn. And, and I think it just, these kinds of conversations, I think have the potential to change us in that way. Mm. And so we were just saying, like, I think it, it would be really interesting if just in general, people started having these kind of open conversations again, and not so much a, we're going to get together and discuss X in order to Y. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just very open and it's just like, let's just talk and let's just let it meander and see what happens. I think that there's a lot, um, I think we're missing out by not having yeah, definitely. like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll tell you something interesting that I came across recently. Um, You might know of her, Fran Leibovitz. Mm
1: -hmm. She's an
0: American. She lives in New York. Um, She used to be a writer. And I kind of came across her in the context of being a writer. But apparently she's had writer's block for a long time. And she's not written anything recently. And I was thinking, gosh, that's quite strange, really that somebody who's a writer and a published writer doesn't write. But then I realized doing more research that she talks and instead of being a writer, she's almost become a public speaker, part stand-up comedian. She, I can't remember how she describes herself on a her website now, but she kind of observes um, social commentator. I think that's what she said social commentator and she's quite opinionated but she now does these shows and she's coming to the UK so I'm going to uh, see her next year and I thought how interesting it was that she's gone from being a writer to a talker and it's almost Mm -hmm. that same thing really yeah just she's just expressing herself in a different way using
1: a different medium You know, what's funny about that is I don't know if I've said it to you, but I know I've said it to other people. I have always considered myself a writer from the time I, from the time I was old enough to read and write and put thoughts together. I have been writing like little short stories and poems and prose. And, and in fact, I remember, I think I was in high school, my dad got so mad at me because not mad. He got frustrated with me because I was kind of known for when I wanted to have a conversation with somebody like a serious, heavy conversation, I would write, like I would write them a note or write them a letter. And then we could talk about it afterwards, but because that's how I expressed best, mm-hmm. but I've noticed over these past several years, I have a harder time writing and I have an easier time like, that's why I'm doing so many YouTube videos and podcasts, because I have an easier time just talking something out, which, yeah. for me, is just so strange. <laughs> Are you that way? No, because you love it. Yeah. Way- well, no, I mean,
0: I agree, because at the minute, I'm finding writing really hard. I'm really struggling with it. I've kind of dried up at the minute. But yeah. I, and again, it surprised me, because I've never seen myself as much of a talker. I've always been an introvert and I've always worked with very loud people who monopolize the conversation and I just couldn't be bothered. So, Mm. you know, I just take the line of least resistance. So I've never really thought of myself as a talker. But then I started getting into Voxer and leaving voice notes. Um, I did my own podcast and... I quite enjoy the talking bit but I think it's within certain parameters Mm. talking on a podcast or talking on a YouTube video you're kind of talking to yourself I know you're talking to an audience but there's just you there at the time or talking like you and I are where it's kind of I suppose a low threat conversation
1: yeah
0: is a different thing to um maybe talking in a meeting with people who are very opinionated and very in your face. So maybe there's a context to
1: it that makes it easier to do. I think that's true. I think that's true. And I have found that too. I even, I do better when I'm in either one-on-one no matter whether it's in person or video or on the phone or whatever. Although I don't like the phone as much. I have a harder time with the phone (laughs) because there are fewer um, cues. Yeah. Yeah. Social cues, you know, and I, I, I um, am really big on like reading people's body language and facial expressions and tone and all of that. But then if you put me with like, and I can even do like a small group, like three to five people is usually okay. Anything more than that. And I, Kind of, I become a turtle. I do this. I pull back and I pull in and I just sit and listen and I just watch (laughs) Mm. for the most part. And so Uh, I think you're. I think there's a context there.
0: Yeah, I behave very differently in say one to one meetings to, oh, you know, one to many meeting. It's it's almost like I'm a different person. You know, when I've worked one to one with clients. It's a much more engaged conversation and much more engaging. And then, you know, like in a team meeting where there's lots of people, it's just felt hard work. Yeah, um, I much prefer the one-to-one stuff. But like you, telephone. I mean, the number of times I ring, um, I dial my a number on my phone is just so rare. It's either necessity you know, I've got to do something, book an appointment or, you know, ring about something. But I never, I never ring anybody just for a chat.
1: Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, I find it quite difficult. On occasion, I've rung my friend and, um, you know, chatted to her. But I'm just so out of practice. I'm not a conversationalist. And it's even with someone that I know really well sometimes it it feels quite odd. It's just not my my forte at all. but I can yeah. ramble on on Voxer for fifteen minutes.
1: I know quite easily. Too. yeah now i I realized I do have one friend that we talk every week and we talk for a long time, like an hour hour and a half on the phone because mm-hmm. he's um, He doesn't have an iPhone, you know. So, because if he did, I would just say, let's just FaceTime. Because even with like my daughter, I'll FaceTime. Um, But with him and then with most of my family, although we don't even talk on the phone much either, there's really like it's really just him. Um, And even with that, though, I struggle a little bit Mm -hmm. because I don't have that context and I can't, I can't always tell if, he's being sarcastic like yeah, yeah or you know if he's kind of teasing or I, I can't tell sometimes and it's it's just awkward it's not my favorite yeah. thing
0: <laughs> I know I mean I, I really never ring anybody just for a chat
1: yeah
0: it's and also if Chris Chris often puts his phone on loudspeaker, so you know if somebody rings him I might be sat next to him but I kind of just let him get on with it, yeah. Um, And it's yeah, it seems intrusive to kind of join in someone else's conversation. Yeah, it's just yeah. I you know if I am talking to somebody, I like to talk to them and have privacy and just you know have that conversation uninterrupted. So I kind of feel that I have to do the same for other
1: people. Yeah. I'm that way too. Yeah. I can't stand it. I will come into, um, like I will go sit on the back porch by myself or usually I'll come into one of the rooms and close the door. Yeah. Just because I don't, I've always been that way. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. I never really thought about it.
0: <laughs> We're just weirdos. We really are just weirdos.
1: <laughs> weirdos unite. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah. Maybe we should get t-shirts. I know right and little bumper stickers and oh that is so funny yeah this is amazing isn't it you you kind of
0: you, you don't realize all these little things that yes. you do and it's only when you talk to someone else and go wow you know they do the same as I do
1: yes That's exactly it. It's like what we were talking about earlier with this thing of like having these conversations and that's the, it's almost like that's the trigger to make, I'll speak for myself, to make me realize that I think this way about this thing. Like I never thought about the phone conversation thing. I just thought that that was a weird quirk about who I am. But then to hear Mm. you say it, it's like, wait, you do the same thing? You think Mm. that way too? Like I got really excited. (laughs) Like I'm
0: not alone. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that, you know, these conversations, that's kind yeah. of the bottom line that, yeah. you know, it's finding what we've got in common with each other yes. rather than those points where we might not agree.
1: Yes.
0: And I think, you know, it, it is finding those commonalities and that is that's probably more where we need to be going with conversation
1: that's so funny i just a couple weeks ago i um there's this person that i follow online i think i've mentioned her before um and my brain just went blank it's melody i think it's melody ross i'm gonna have to look it up and share her website have i mentioned her before yeah yeah okay um she sent an email um And it was after the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the U S and she sent an email talking about how people get so frustrated with her because she doesn't take a side, so to speak. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And everybody wants her to take a side and to take a stand and to speak up and silence is complicity and all of this. And she's like, I refuse. And here's why she said, because, um, she had an experience when she was very, very young. She did not say this explicitly, but I think she had like a near-death experience or something because she said, this experience that I had made me know 100% that we are so much more alike than we are different. We have so much more in common than we don't. And she said ever since then, and she was a child, I think, I don't know how old, but she was a child when this happened. She said ever since then, I- my focus is on finding the commonalities between yeah. people. And I felt so validated when I read that email. I could feel tears in my eyes and I wrote her back. And I said, I'm so glad you said this because I remember from, it was like the the Columbine shooting here in the US years and years and years ago. I remember then thinking, cause everybody was so angry and in so much grief, which obviously it was a horrible, tragic, horrible thing and everybody was so angry with the shooter though and all I kept thinking is you have no idea you have no idea what drove somebody to that mm. like can you imagine
0: yeah
1: what it must take to get somebody to that point like that's all I could think about and yes of course I had so much compassion and my heart was breaking for the victims and their families and everything but it was also breaking for the person that did it and their family. Mm. You know what I mean? And but you can't really say something like that. Yeah. Because people get pissed off and they only want to be because it's so easy to place the blame, to get angry, and then that makes it easy to move on with life and mm. you know. You're the good guy and you're siding with the good guys and I kept thinking it's not that simple. No. It's not that black and white. And I guarantee you if more of us were able to open ourselves more fully to that idea and actually have some real compassion for, you know, let's say, quote unquote, the perpetrators of these crimes, Mm. even as we're pissed off. And even as we're in grief to also not instead of, but also have compassion and try to understand because otherwise, it feels like, and I feel this way across the board with politics, with religious stuff, with everything. It feels like otherwise, we're just kind of putting a, a thin little bandage on top of a gaping wound mm. and it's not going to heal. Yeah, I think as well. And again,
0: you know, it's difficult to say this in those situations, but I think you've got to have a bit of detachment you've kind of got to step back in a way and almost allow stuff to kind of pass in front of you. And it's very difficult. It's difficult to do, but it's difficult to get people to understand that because, like you say, there's the anger and there's the emotion. But I try really hard with things not to get too involved with stuff you know, and try to have that detachment. I mean, I, I wrote um, in my last newsletter, you know, I, I don't comment on things deliberately in politics and things that happen online. It's just, I don't really see what it adds to the story or anything like that. And it's almost, you know, you've got to, I don't, I don't know what they call it, like to be an observer you know in some respects um and I think we need those people who observe rather than just wade in like you say there's always the two sides to the story and
1: it's never as black and white as you think it is no no it never is and you know actually no I want to know why so what do you mean wait, not what do you mean what what do you think is the benefit of um, being coming more from an observer standpoint rather than kind of diving in? Well,
0: I think, you know, for me, there's so much goes on in the world that I'm not convinced is real. That sort of, you know, what is illusion? What is real? What is manufactured? And I never take things at face value because there's so much that goes on that I doubt where it comes from, and I don't know. I always think there's another agenda, so I always try to look at things from another perspective and just a question, well, what does that mean, and is that real? And um, I don't know. I just I think to a degree. you you can get so immersed in everything that's going on and then it makes your life really difficult and it's not to say that life is simple but if you can see things from a point of view of being detached and not get so immersed in it you can kind of watch it go by without it making your life a misery and i think it's hard to explain but um you know I, i think you know the last couple of years has been so much has gone on and sometimes you can either get really immersed in it and then you're living in fear and you're wondering what's coming next and you wonder what this means and you know, you're in fear of your life or you can't go out because you're in fear. I don't really understand how that helps anybody. Mm. And I think, you know, sometimes you have to take a step back and try to almost take the emotion out of it. And, you know, you've got to see how is it impacting you and is it impacting your life for better or for worse? So I don't know, I just, I find myself, I feel quite detached, I suppose, from a lot of things that happen. Um, Because, you know, Chris and I don't watch the news. So I often hear things just, you know, off the cuff. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, the illusion of life and the matrix and 3D and 5D and, And also I think it's, you know, the whole, we come back to the whole frequency and vibration. And if you're going to get yourself so immersed in things that are happening, not necessarily directly to you, then you're not really helping the bigger picture. You know, you sort of, you're getting drawn into the negative vibration, the low vibration, when the only thing that is really going to help is by keeping your vibration positive. And, you know, that's not to say that there's lots of, there aren't lots of things going on in the world that are terrible and sad and impacting people. Um, But, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think you just, I just find it helps me to not get so immersed in it I don't know if any of that makes sense. It's like, you know, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Here. No, it does. It does. And,
1: and as usual, I had about 15 different, you know, arms of thought across my brain as you're talking. I will say that um, this kind of thing, I, I tend to have a really, really hard time with because I feel like I'm always trying to walk this very thin, very narrow little line and just a slight lean one way or the other. And I'm going to tip off the cliff mm-hmm. because for me, I think I, I, I'm HSP, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very sensitive just in general, both energetically and to things physically like texture and smell and light and all of that. I'm, I'm, that's just how I'm built. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do tend to, I'll hear a story And I mean, like, that's why I removed social media from my phone weeks ago was because I would um, like, I would get on Facebook and start scrolling through the wall or reading the news or whatever. And I would end up just sobbing, just absolutely sobbing. And my head is hurting and I can feel the veins in my head and my heart Mm -hmm. is racing. And I'm like, I can't, because I was taking it all on board and just hurting, just hurting and feeling um, helpless and like, you know, I'm not doing enough. I can't possibly do enough. Everything is like you said, we would say going to hell in a handbasket. That's how we say Mm. it here, but you know, like everything is just getting worse and not better. And I really like, sometimes for me, that's all it takes for me to get onto a downward spiral, Mm. which is not, not safe and not healthy for me. So, um, but at the same time, even though like, that's my, that tends to be my default, I think over the years, I, A, have developed um, kind of a defense mechanism of pulling back a little bit and separating myself. I call it my trap door, you know, to to lock down the emotions. But then B, I think through the um, meditation practice and stuff that I've been doing really very seriously for this year, but that I've also done on and off for 20 years has given me a different perspective in that. Because what I've seen for myself is that in meditation, when I get really quiet and I really feel like I'm touching something bigger and deeper and more profound than just this human meat suit, I, I do feel that space, that separation Mm. from the immediacy of what this, this human self experiences. And there's so much peace in there. And from that perspective, I can see how ideas come and um, resolutions to problems come. Like, I don't, what's that quote? Was it Einstein? Who, whoever said you can't solve a problem from the same level at which the problem yes. was created, Yeah. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I can see that at those times. Yeah. And when I can see that, then it makes sense. For when somebody talks about, you know, having that space and that separation, but then when I'm in the space of like, I'm really in it and I start to feel responsible for like trying to fix all of these things that feel outside of my ability to do anything about,
0: Mm. then I
1: start to panic and I worry, well, if everybody just feels, what's the word that you used? Not space. Detachment. Detachment. Yeah. Yeah. I start to worry like if everybody feels detached, nobody's going to want to fix anything. But then you flip to the other side and I realize that when I am in that space of detachment and, and the, the space between, that's when the creativity comes. That's when mm. the ideas come. That's when I feel like that's when we're removed enough from our the immediacy of our human experience that we can connect in a deeper way, in a more mm. meaningful way, mm. in a more helpful way. Yeah. I mean, detachment
0: for me, for me, isn't that I don't care about what's happened. It's just like you say, you can't help if you're, you know, right in the middle of it and you kind of go in with all the anger and the emotion or whatever has happened. It's, it's allowing you to see
1: it maybe from another perspective hmm I was just listening to a Rob Bell podcast yesterday. I was catching up because I love his work. And he said, he called it, he was talking at the very end, he was talking about the myth of redemptive violence. And I was like, huh. And it kind of my ears kind of pricked. And I was like, what's he talking about? And he was talking about basically if um if somebody perpetuates violence on you, anyone, me, anyone the immediate reaction most often is to retaliate with an equal or greater level of violence. And he said that, um, I mean, you can see it in the world. Like that literally doesn't do anything but perpetuate the cycle of continued violence. Mm -hmm. We see it with war. We see it with all kinds of nations and, and, and individuals. That's our automatic reaction, but it does nothing but perpetuate the cycle. And I started thinking about that too and it's like because that is at this current level of consciousness, that is our default response for the most part. And the only way, here we go, I know I'm I'm like a broken record repeating myself, but the only way to change this is if we change our own level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I really think like the only way to do that is to go inside. Mm-hmm. And, but this goes back again to my struggle of, because so much, so many of the people that I follow and so much of what I'm seeing online, because I've narrowed my focus so much is um, people talking about, you know, silence is complicity. And if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem and Mm -hmm. all of these kinds of things. And then I I do, I start to panic and I start to like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. I just, I kind of shut down. And I'm finding it really hard to find that balance between what I do believe and know inside versus what I'm seeing certain other people saying and talking Mm. about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's those sorts of comments assume
0: that everybody is the same. Mm. And, you know, we're all different. And some people, you know, I've probably told you about the guy in the car park. Where I used to park in Manchester there was this guy who took my money in the morning and we used to have a bit of a chat and he'd ask me what I was doing and he'd say oh another day in paradise and he'd work there for about oh 30 years do you know taking money and chatting to people and you know he was just a car park attendant and he'd be there at six and he'd be finished by two and then one day I went and it was some other guy, and I said, Oh, where's the usual guy? He said, Oh, he's died. And he'd had this massive heart attack um, at his house. He'd been sat in a chair, he was 47. And I posted something on Twitter, you know, saying, oh, I can't believe I'm, you know, really sad he was. Such a great guy, and i probably made a comment about another day in paradise, and the number of people that said, you know, I can't, I can't believe he's dead, and he always used to chat to me, and, and I think you know, you never know the impact that you make on people. Yes, and you know, he was in a car park underneath the arches in Manchester, and yeah, you'll have seen all those people that came in to park the cars. But he wasn't on television, he wasn't, you know, on social media, he wasn't broadcasting, he wasn't doing all these big gestures and speeches, but he had so much impact on so many people. It doesn't follow for me that everybody has to say something or be overt in the way that they do things. One, we're all very different. Yeah. And some of us are not going to be people who go on social media and we're activists and all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't make an impact.
1: Well, and, you know, this is one of the other things that we have on our list to talk about at some point. That doesn't speak to what I believe is the fact that our energy and what we've got going on internally still have an impact on the external world at some level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that doesn't speak to that at all because I, I know that like, just as a kind of lighthearted, silly example, I know that there have been days that I will get up and I'm just super anxious and maybe angry and feeling very scattered. And I notice like everything seems to go wrong like my computer is acting up my phone is shutting down you know my i i keep dropping stuff like just i i just notice like what is and then i get more worked up and more upset mm-hmm. you know and more frustrated and i really feel like maybe not all of it because sometimes things just happen i think but i also think that Part of that is my energy having an impact on the field around me. And I mean, listen, our phones, our computers, the stuff around us, it's all energy. It's all electricity. Mm-hmm. We are made up of energy. We are made up of electricity. I can clearly see how there could be <laughs> a connection there having yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that's true with other things because, you know, you look at, um, and again, my mind, non-local, um, what's it called? non-locality. Anyway, that's too much for my brain to get into right now, but I do also believe that if and as things change within me, I can create and sometimes see the results of that in my external reality, because I do believe that we're all connected one way yeah. or the other. Like yeah. the, the Rumi quote, you know, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's not taking that kind of thing into account. You know what? I'm going to keep this podcast like (laughs) in my back pocket to listen to when I'm feeling crappy about these things again, because I do, I really, I've been struggling with this so hard for at least this year, but I think part of last year too. And Mm. I think that that's partly why I have stopped speaking in so many different ways. And I've pulled back Mm. because I'm so afraid that I'm going to say something that someone takes offense to or i'm not gonna say something and somebody's gonna think well you must believe blah 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 and you know you can't and come after me or whatever and it's like well there's not a one size fits all no if if
0: there was then we'd all just be clones of each other and we're not we're we're all unique and you know some people will be You know, people like politicians who speak all the time, other people might live out their lives and have very little impact on the world stage because they just live a quiet life. But, you know, they could have done amazing things. They could have helped people, they could have given to charity, been volunteers. You know, people do all sorts of things to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's a bit unfair in a way for people to say that you're complicit because you're silent, because there are so many different ways that we all make a difference and everybody does what works for them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's you, you can't just kind of. Make people all the
1: same. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, again, like you said, there's no one size fits all. And I think a lot of times people say something online and they have a certain situation in mind when they say the thing, but then they're not taking into account the innumerable other situations Mm -hmm. that might not fit into that same mold. Because I'm thinking of, like, I just thought of, um, I do believe that silence is complicity when it comes to something like, you know, if, if, my neighbor is being abused by their spouse and i know for a fact that it's happening and i don't try to help like yeah Yeah. you know that's to me though that's just part of being a compassionate human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so there's that so i can see that that's true in in cases like that but in other things I can see this side. So see, this is the, again, this is part of my challenge with life lately really is people have, and I've done it too. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. We are thinking of one particular situation when we say something, but then somebody else can see it or read it or hear it and think, well, that's not true for my situation. And of course it's not
0: Mm. because there's
1: all, there are many different situations as there are people. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's why it makes me a little bit crazy when we've got these quote unquote gurus or experts or whatever, and they speak as if my way is the only way and that's it. And it's like, no, no, yeah, (laughs) that's probably not true, you know. Mm. The thing with me
0: as well, sorry, the the thing with me as well is if people tell me how I should behave it kind of makes me dig my heels in even more I too. and go in the opposite direction because, you know, one of my values is freedom. Same. So, you know, I want to be able to choose how I respond to things yeah. and not be told that I must respond in a certain way. And, you know, I, I find it, things like that just completely switch me off. Um, because they're taking away that element of choice in mm. how you respond or how you are seen to respond yeah um but also it doesn't take into account either other things that might be going on in your life at that point you know that quote about Is it? I don't know if it's a Robin Williams one um about you know be kind because you don't know what battles people are facing yes. and you know you never know what is going on with people what they're dealing with whilst you're telling them that they should be responding in a certain way to whatever's happened and um it's yeah it's just this whole blanket approach that
1: I find quite difficult really yeah the blanket approach yeah I like that that's a good way to say it Mm. I get so frustrated Yeah, I don't do well with that either. Mm. It brings out my inner rebel, I think, in some (laughs) ways. And in some ways, I it's again, it's this weird like dichotomy. It's this weird space that I find myself trying to navigate because part of it, it does bring out my inner rebel, and part of it is almost like this little girl inside who's afraid she's gonna get in trouble. She's afraid she's gonna be punished you know and the fear of um like the trolls and of being unsafe and just all of that it's this weird push pull mm. again the a little bit of compassion yeah a little bit of um empathy putting yourself in someone else's shoes you know yeah i don't know yeah I think humanity is missing that. And I think you know, it's
0: it's have the conversation. Um, you know, it's like throwing down a gauntlet and um rather than saying, you know, this is what I think, but you know, what do you think? Or it's prescriptive rather than consultative. And yes, I think. It, well it doesn't work for me um, when someone tries to just prescribe how I behave um, but you know if you bring people on board and you have that discussion I can hear a very loud plane just going oh, I, can't hear it. <laughs> I don't know what it'll be we we'll get some quite military planes flying over Chris will be <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's having the conversation and um, not just that that you've got to see both sides of
1: the story, I think. Yeah, I think so many of us are invested in our more invested in our egos and in being right Mm. and being open to hearing other perspectives. I did end up recording that YouTube video, by the way, that we talked about ages ago about being open to opposing viewpoints and I posted it.
0: Oh, right, oh, I'll have a look at that. Yeah.
1: So that one was, cause I mean, seriously, you know, even this morning I sat reading the news, which I know better than to do, but I got on the news app on my phone and I was reading some things and I could feel myself getting so worked up and so angry. And all that does is shut me down. Yeah. I want to run away. I want to go like live off grid in the woods somewhere and be a, a <laughs> the local wise woman making medicines for people yeah. and like not interact with anything outside of that. And um, I mean, I do think that there is something to be said for that kind of life. I don't think ultimately that that's necessarily really what I meant for. And so me allowing myself to get to that point and wanting to shut down is not helpful Um, but again I, I just think it's about this practice of spending time in silence for me it's spending time in silence each day and remembering through that practice my connection with something bigger than me and learning to listen to that because I think that that puts me back in touch with ironically that puts me back in touch with my humanity by connecting yes. to something bigger than humanity mm-hmm. that puts me back in touch with my humanity
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah how you feel about this one <laughs> well it's I feel quite um oh what's the word um a bit feisty really <laughs> something <Yeah>. like that <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, I feel a bit, um, you know, like we've said, it's, it's so difficult sometimes to express an opinion that goes against the grain, yeah. um, you know, it feels quite um, out there in a way and, you know, it shouldn't do but, um, yeah, there's, it's sort of that kind of thing yeah for me it feels dangerous a lot of times yeah 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 it's Mm -hmm. it's sad really but it is we feel like that um you know you should be able to express what you think without fear of reprisals yeah um yeah but um that's kind of how it feels sometimes Yep. but there was something i don't know if you saw danielle laporte um she posted something on her account about how you know we've all kind of become homogenized and not to be be homogenized but to you know speak up use your voice and share your view rather than just all becoming merged into one and I thought, yeah, that's kind of that's, you know, what we need to be doing. We should, and like, you know, like we've already said, it's not about going out there and um, not being silent, but um, finding your own way to express yourself, whatever that is for you, rather than just being merged into this blob of everybody.
1: Hmm. that I mean that feels that, that for me that's one of those things that it's so easy to say and it just feels like it's a whole different ball game to actually do it sometimes mm. it makes me wonder like okay how because for me especially lately again when we started off talking about this it's so much harder for me to write something down which I think is so strange because the reason that always felt like the easier and the better route for me is because it gave me the time and the space to think about what do I actually mean? What do I really want to say? How do I want to get it across? Like it, it gave me the space and time to really be with my thought and express it in the way that I intentionally wanted to, Whereas speaking to me, it's so much faster and it's so much more immediate. And it's like, I can say something and then I'm like, oh, I didn't actually, hold on. I didn't actually mean that, (laughs) you know, but then it sounds Mm -hmm. stupid to me to say that. And then to take it back, it's like, no, I didn't actually mean that. But sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that just, to me, feels so awkward and uncomfortable and dangerous. Like I said, I, yeah, I don't know. That just feels but it's also not definitive just yeah. because you know we
0: say something today it doesn't mean that that is our opinion indefinitely we may change our mind we may think about what we said today and tomorrow go well, actually I want to amend that and what I really meant or what I was trying to say was it's and you know as you get older your opinions change and Mm -hmm. life happens and your opinions change it's none of it's
1: definitive yeah and you know we're allowed to change our minds yeah I think I'm just always afraid that somebody's going to hear me say something and that's what they're going to remember yeah you know especially if it's something that they disagree with and they're not necessarily going to know or hear and I guess that's just part of you know, maybe they're not meant to, maybe we're just not the right people to be connected or whatever. Mm, mm. But yeah, totally. I think that as we experience different things and as we learn more, our opinions change. I mean, if you're at all an aware person and a person who's open to growth, I think that can't not happen. It has to. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All just things to keep in mind, I suppose, part of being Mm. human. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 And you know, you get other data, don't you? And you you learn other things, or I don't know, you get more information. Yeah. And well, it, I think. Go ahead. It it just all kind of um adds to the bigger picture, and
1: yeah, I think it's just a matter of of that grace. You Know yeah. allowing ourselves and other people that grace to
0: yeah. be human. Yeah, yeah. Just doing the best you can with what you've got. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, shall we finish here? Yeah. I think that was a good one. So what what were we talking about today?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to re-listen again to get the full time. We title kind out of, of it.
0: we didn't really have a topic today, did we? We've just um
1: kind of talked really we really did just meander through the woods today maybe that'll be the title of meander yeah, through yeah. the woods that would be good that would be good <laughs> i'm going to write that down
0: <laughs> okay well if you've me- meandered through the woods with us today thank you so much for listening and we will be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new topic and a new chat so
1: That's it for now. Bye from me. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations Across the Pond with Angel and Nicola. I'm Angel and we are thrilled that you're along for the ride with us. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you're notified each time we publish a new one. This is a passion project for both of us. So to find us online, please go to agentlelife.co.uk to find Nicola and to rootedmystic.com to find Angel. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.